0: Welcome to another episode of the Benchwarmers. Follow us on Twitter. At Benchwarmers06, subscribe to our
1: podcast. At Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please leave comments, rate us, and tweet us.
0: Here are your hosts, Matt and Ryan. On today's podcast, we'll be recapping last week's big games. We'll talk about games of the week. And finally... DGen Corner. The All right, Ryan. Let's get into games uh, or game recap. So the first game I want to discuss is a game that I actually witnessed firsthand. Uh, I went to this game on Sunday night and. Uh, Wish I wasn't there, honestly, because...
1: uh, Oh, that sounds like you should have been there. I mean, I would have loved to have been there.
0: You personally would have because of uh, your fanhood for a certain team. But because of my certain fanhood, it was utter utter destruction and horrible, and I wanted to run away. Uh, The game that we're obviously talking about is the Eagles-Cowboys game, which was played in Dallas. Uh, I was able to go to Jerry's World and witness that game. And I knew the game was going to be bad when... Our first two drives ended in a fumble, and uh, the Cowboys picked it up basically in their red zone, and they scored right away. Uh, I have really not much to say here besides my team basically crapped the bed uh, straight up because I mean the final score they almost I mean the Cowboys basically almost won by thirty. Uh, we are I already knew the Eagles' defense was trash. Like I, I already knew the secondary was trash. I got all that part. Part I'm very truly disappointed is in our offense. Uh, they're, I don't know what they're doing, honestly. Like I have zero idea what they're doing because there's really no run game, and the receivers just, just have zero heart. Uh, Ryan, I don't know if you saw that one play with Nelson Aguilar where he went through a pretty decent ball, in my opinion, and I think he, if, if Aguilar was a, even a respectable receiver, he could have caught that or at least tried to catch it. But he basically short-armed it and was like, eh, I, I don't I don't, whatever, whatever, and just let it go. I'm not saying we would have won the game at all, but, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to put some effort in, Ryan. I mean, like I mentioned multiple times, I mean, we both played sports our whole lives, and, you know, we, we've lost plenty of games also. But it's one thing to lose, another thing that's to just quit, basically, and just, just, you know, have zero heart. And that, That's what's, that's just sad because, I mean, these guys get paid millions of dollars, uh, to play this game, and uh, what that that game showed me was just, it was despicable. I mean, congrats to your Cowboys, Ryan. I mean, they played well, obviously. Uh, Dak looked good. Zeke looked good. Cooper looked good. The defense looked, obviously looked good. So, I mean, if I was you, I'd be, I'd be happy. But on my end, I was truly disappointed. I expected better from this team. Uh, I mean, overall, this season has been pretty disappointing, and the fact that you lose to your rivals uh, just in that fashion is just, it's just, discouraging and uh hopefully you know that's a wake-up call because the season's not getting any easier our schedule for the eagles gets tougher and tougher as it moves on and uh if they need a correct thing they gotta do that asap because otherwise the season's gonna be it's gonna be gone quickly because obviously already the cowboys have the division lead and i think ryan you would agree that our nfc east is straight hot trash and I don't see two teams making it out because the other NFC divisions are much better, in my opinion.
1: Oh, no, I agree. But we said this last year, dude. And remember, both our teams still made it out. I agree. I think both our teams are, are, are trash. I, I cannot, cannot state that enough. But, again, we said this last year that they were trash. And we said only one team was going to make it out. And
0: both our teams ended up making it out last year. This is true. But I would say the clear difference here is, like, I don't think – I honestly don't think the – uh, other divisions are bad at all. Like, I think the NFC West, I think, is a powerhouse uh, with, I mean, the Seahawks, the the Rams, and the 49ers. All, I would say, are really, really good. And the Cardinals, who's the worst team in that division, is 3-3 three and three and 1. They're 3-3 three, three and 1, which is not bad at all. Uh, the, no, I mean, this is facts. And, I mean,
1: you're then, not very, very wrong there at all. And
0: the NFC North, obviously, the Packers have one loss. Uh, the... The uh, – who's the other team? Vikings have Vikings two. Vikings have two. Bears and the Lions. And the uh, Bears are three and three. Yeah, but yeah. Like, even that's a pretty solid division. So, I mean, the South, the South is kind of similar to ours. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, I just I, – at this current stage of the season, I cannot see two teams out of the NFC East moving on. I would think it would be the clear-cut division winner who who does obviously advance. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, overall, I mean, it was, it was sad to see my team lose in that fashion. But – Hey, I respect the Cowboys and the way they played. They they showed up to play, unlike my team. But I'm sure, Ryan, you're time to gloat here.
1: No, you see, I see, I, I, I can't. I can't fully gloat because, listen, I'm glad my team won. I'm glad we beat beat your your uh, your Eagles, cry, Eagles, cry, you know, all that stuff. And, and I'm happy about that. But at the end of the day, like you said and you pointed out, they just gave up. And I hate to see that, even if I do hate the Eagles. As a fan, though, of the sport, listen, you get paid a – a ton of money to just sit there and give up. I just, I don't, I don't think that's respectful to the game, to your, to, to really anything. And he, it, it looked like he gave up. It looked like he didn't care to catch the ball. It looked like he wanted to try to catch the ball because it was just a little bit out of his reach. And if for anybody, even if my Cowboys do it or any, any other team or even in any other sport, I just think it's disrespectful in general um, to the sport and just really just all around to your team. And that's kind of where it's, it's, it's sad to, to see that. Yes, I'm happy my Cowboys won. Um, it was enjoyable because, as it as it stood, I got zero text from any Eagles fan. Minus you, of course, because we were talking about about um, how great their Eagles looked or anything like that. Um, I expected a way better game, in all honesty, because of how poorly the Cowboys have been playing. I mean, we lost to the Jets, for Christ's sakes. The Jets. But we showed up. For this game, I mean, it was I see uh, Cooper back in the lineup and and doing what he needed to do. Dak looked like he knew how to throw a football again, um, and obviously Zeke was able to, to run on the on the ground uh, pretty uh, pretty good. So, I mean, all in all, the the team looked well. But the the fact of the matter is, is can they continue to look well down the road? I mean, obviously the Eagles have a way tougher lineup. They got the Bills this week. They've got um you got a couple other teams coming up. Um, but my thing is, Matt. And I've been hearing from from a couple different uh, things around around this area, stuff like that, is that they're blaming Doug Peterson. That Doug Peterson isn't really that good of a coach. Do you feel that this is his fault, as much as it is a team's lack of
0: of trying? Well, Ryan, it, it's it's funny. Only in Philadelphia do you do you destroy your coach. Uh, you know, two years away from winning a Super Bowl, beating Bill Belichick. You know. Already, it's like, oh, Doug Peterson's not that good.
1: Well, they were saying it was the offensive coach's reason, who was now the head coach for the Colts. The, the 40, Colts. Not. The Colts, yeah. The Colts. Brissett, yeah. Brissette, uh, the guy who, who, is, who has, is coaching Brissett. No, Brissette's no. I mean, like I'm, not, right I'm not now. disagreeing with that, so the, the, that. That's what they're saying. I'm not, I'm not saying like they're, they're fully blaming him, they're saying that, that it's it's the Colts head coach who was the real reason that the team was so good, and that Doug Peterson really is the problematic person, and just he was able to, to overshadow that by being the offensive coach at the time.
0: I mean, I can't say 100% that's the reason because, I mean, I, I do have to give uh, credit to Frank Reich, who the, who's the guy that Ryan's mentioning, the coach of the Colts. I mean, I'm sure he his offensive system definitely helped our team that year. I'm not taking any away, anything away from that, but I'm not going to fully blame Doug Peterson either for this hot garbage that we out, have currently. It's not Doug Peterson's fault our secondary can't guard a soul. Literally cannot guard a soul. Uh, so, I mean, is that his fault? No. I mean, yes. I, do I give him blame that our offenses can't really do anything? Yeah, I would, but not 100%. Because once again, you, I mean, Doug Peterson, he, he coaches the team, but the general manager puts that team together and you have to, they, they have to put a better team together. Ryan, at the end of the day, I don't think our running backs are bad. I think Howard and Sanders are solid. I have nothing against them. Wentz obviously is pretty good. Uh, our tight ends, Ertz and Goddard, good. The receivers, Ryan. This is what this is the big question mark for me here. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, he's running like he's 85 years old right now. He can't run or jump. He looks like uh, yeah, he looks pretty bad. Like I don't know what he's doing out there honestly because he just looks so uh, slow and just he just doesn't look like he could create any separation at all. Uh, Alguilar, we already discussed about him. He just what well, I don't know what la 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 and he's in. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's hurt. Mac Hollins, Mac Collins, Ryan, you know this guy for the season has one reception for 14 yards. I'm pretty sure me and you could go out there and just get lucky and just get one catch for 14 yards. All right, that's all I'm saying. So that wide receiving core is awful. All right, straight awful. Yes, I could say Deshaun Jackson's hurt, and that could be that could be you know a big uh, problem solver possibly. But Ashon just moving like he's uh, you know uh, you know a grandpa in his 80s doesn't help. The offensive line definitely has issues. Uh, you know Jason Peters is out. It is. I mean if he can't protect Wentz, he doesn't have time to throw. I mean this is all obvious things we're discussing here.
1: Yeah no exactly that's my point is 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 and again I, I don't know coming from from a cow I don't I don't live in Dallas ever here when the Cowboys suck that it's the the coaches fault oh, or whatever it oh, may oh, be. Oh 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 oh
0: oh Ryan. But but living Jason here Garrett, in Philly has always Jason as you Garrett, know they always blame the Jason coach. Jason Garrett gets flamed up on a daily basis. Philadelphia, Dallas, okay. worldwide. I think everybody, no one here thinks. I mean, obviously, I, I'm closer to Dallas than you are, but I don't yeah. think anyone here has any kind of uh, allegiance to Jason Garrett. They feel like he okay. should get fired. I mean, they thought he was going to get. They he should have got fired when they lost to the Jets last week. But,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't disagree there, serious. but at the same time, you can't uh, Let's blame be him.
0: serious. Jason Garrett has been on the Cowboys' coach for a while now. I mean, it's been a—I'm not sure exactly when he started, but I know it's been a while. Uh, But—and he hasn't— It's been a long time. And he hasn't won crap, Ryan. He hasn't won jack crap, all right?
1: You know, but Jerry Jones keeps whatever—whoever's going to listen to him say stuff. And that's my
0: point. I mean, Cowboys haven't won anything in a long, long time. And especially in Jason Garrett's tenure here— I know for a fact he hasn't won crap.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, they won anything. since Jason Garrett's been around, I agree. And but so does it mean like because like so they jump on him automatically same same way same way Eagles yes, fans do instead of yes, looking at the actual yes, team and how poorly yes. like me and you do like listen the team is just bad that's why we don't win things like the Eagles have been playing poorly that's not really all Peterson's fault I'm not saying it's not his fault too but I'm not saying you know it's not fully his fault when his players are giving up on the field. Correct. I mean
0: uh, if okay. you if you heard a, Uh, if you heard sports radio here in texas last week after the jets loss uh they were ready to uh you know take him out to the stable and shoot him so it's not much different over here either
1: okay so it must just be everywhere local they always are going to blame the coach and not the players and anything else like that understood i
0: mean to be fair uh if you look at the cowboys offensive weapons they're they're much greater at at this current stage than the eagles because zeke obviously is a top running back cooper's a, a top receiver so and the Cowboys offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. So when that offense doesn't click, it easily goes to Garrett because he is the uh supposedly the offensive guru. So
1: Yeah, I mean you, you can definitely pinpoint that a little bit easier than, than than the flaws of everything else. But yeah, no, I mean I I was I, I I didn't fully agree with it, but I know since you're not home as much, I don't know if you were able to hear I don't know what you hear about them blaming Peterson, so that's why I wanted to bring up to you like listen, they're basically saying Peterson's fault and well, and I mean he that's, needs that's to go I, and stuff I mean, like that.
0: But I I the The big thing here, Ryan, is us Philadelphians, we just need somebody to blame when our teams don't do well. Let's just be real here. We need a scapegoat every True. time whether it be doug peterson whether it be brett brown you annihilate brett brown on a daily basis i mean this damn straight <laughs> I do. he still see? sucks i mean this is my point i mean you, you do nothing
1: <laughs> our team is trash too though i see, i, it's, I just, it's in our unfair. blood in philadelphia we're bad. ready to
0: destroy everyone if you don't win a championship we'll destroy you that's kind of who we are so i mean think about it yeah like that's like ryan just said it Brett Brown destroyed. Doug Peterson destroyed. Gabe Kapler of the Phillies. He got destroyed and he got fired. Fire. This is what I mean. This is what Fire. we do. Well, <laughs> I,
1: listen, listen. We talked about Gabe, we talked about Kapler a while back, and I said he should have been fired last season, and, and and you thought I was crazy. And see, that should have was finally fired. So I was the only but, one who thought that. But I could make
0: a I could make a strong argument that's not his fault. The team was trash.
1: Like, oh, no, no, no. I can make a strong argument that it's also the fact that we have no pitching whatsoever and we suck at getting pitchers, relief pitchers.
0: Yeah, our bullpen was straight trash. Our sharding pitcher, besides Aaron I mean, Nola, you, you, wasn't you, that great. So
1: Exactly. You, you could blame, um, I don't know, anyone, um, our GM to not find a better – Better uh, relief pitchers and starting pitchers. You can blame our, our pitching coaches for not helping these guys out. You can blame our farm system. You can blame a whole ton of other people prior to all of that as
0: well. So it looks like we went through all the sports all in one uh, all in one section here, Ryan. We did, and we skipped the flyers because, well, yeah, we're going to talk about how trash they are. All right, so I'm going to move on here because, I've, of course, me and Ryan could discuss about the Eagles-Cowboys for hours on in. But uh, let's move on to college football here, Ryan, where we had an offset special here in the Big Ten where wisconsin this was a shock wisconsin man. lost to illinois ryan and i must say I, I did not see this one coming uh illinois is not what you call a football powerhouse by any means uh not one wisconsin bit. i believe they were top 10 at that time correct well and, they were six yeah, so I, they were number six yeah, yep so uh this upset i mean whoo i mean it was only a one point loss though but still there's no reason why a team like Wisconsin should lose to Illinois. Uh, they're, uh, oh,
1: not one bit. But, but did you know this, Matt? Did you know that that the Illinois quarterback, his QB rating mm-hmm. was a 40. For the game of the season. And they still won. The, for the game. And they still won. He was a 40 for that game, and they won that game. Yes, yeah,
0: that's, that's pretty bad. Uh, but Illinois' head coach, Levy Smith, used to be an NFL head coach. So uh, I don't know what that says. I was just stating a fact. But – I mean, he didn't stick around the NFL, so he didn't do that good. Um, But, um, yeah, I mean, all I got to say is, I mean, if you're a Wisconsin fan, I feel bad for you because it seems like every year people think that Wisconsin may have a chance to maybe win the Big Ten or make the playoff. They somehow pull off some choke job and lose to some trash team they should have no reason losing to, and this was it for this year, Illinois. Uh, So, Ryan, I could uh, safely say Wisconsin basically knocked them out, knocked themselves out of the playoff run.
1: Uh yeah, they they got no chance in hell at this point. I mean, even if they do beat I think that Ohio State this week, even if they do win that game, there's I don't I still can't see it. I I really can't. I mean, they I how do you lose to Illinois? It's like just how? I shake my head at that, man. Like, they were they didn't look too good in general. I mean, they were up um, after the first quarter, and then they kind of just went downhill. And like I said, the, what hurt them was um, was a turnover, uh, the interception that um, uh, Jack threw. I Can't say his last name, but I remember Jack, who, who, their quarterback, who just threw that interception, which is really what turned that game around and and allowed Illinois to, to get the the win here. I'm in all. Like I said, the Illinois. It's not like the Illinois quarterback did well. He threw. Pretty bad. I mean, you have a forty rating. He I mean he threw two touchdowns. I prefer that. He threw two touchdowns, but he was nine for twenty-one. Matt, nine for twenty-one. That's bad. Yes, out of those nine, two of those were touchdowns. I'm pretty sure that's high efficiency. That man. I
0: nine completions. I'm pretty sure,
1: but nine not, not completions with two touchdowns. But he had twenty-one attempts at that. I'm pretty sure I could do better. Have a better attempt for ratio than that. I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure still better than nine for twenty I one, know. man. I'm just I, I'm just I, putting I doubt, it out there. No, I want to say no. I am pretty sure I could. Whereas um Wisconsin's quarterback was twenty-four for thirty-two. Not much he better. Threw one That's touchdown. Still be bad. He threw one touchdown and then threw the interception which killed him. And but he had a seventy nine point five uh QB rating. So it was still way better than uh the the uh Illinois quarterback. Obviously it was Illinois defense here that really helped them um win this game but Like you said, man, as a Wisconsin fan, in general, in all sports, you got to kind of just be all in all because, well, they just suck. (laughs) They know how to just fail and choke when it comes down to the when it comes down to the moment they need to do something. That's all I'm going to say there. And I apologize to anyone who's a Wisconsin fan and listens to this podcast. But it just seems to be that that's just the way. Just kind of like how Penn State always disappoints me every year. Just it just happens. I'm sorry.
0: Well, that's a great segue there, Ryan. So. Our next talk game that we're gonna discuss is another Big Ten matchup: rivals Ryan's alma mater, Penn State, against we are Michigan. And Ryan, uh, as I told you, I, I I jumped off the Michigan bandwagon weeks ago, and
1: uh, oh yeah, you were you were killing them for like three or four podcasts ago. You were
0: just destroying that team, and uh, well, I was right because uh, Penn State beat them. And uh, KJ Hamler, Ryan, the wide receiver for Penn State. Balled up over 100 yards receiving, two touchdowns. Man, Ryan, I want the Eagles to get him. He screw Aguilar, trade him right now. Trade college versus NCAA. <laughs> you Aguilar should go back to college, and we'll take Hamler. No problem. Uh, this dude was a monster. He he, you know, he ran right by the Michigan defense and scored uh, whenever it needed. And hey, I mean, obviously I, I jumped off the Michigan bandwagon, so I don't really care what happened here. Uh, Penn State, hey, I think it's a big win for them. Obviously, it was at Penn State. Uh, it was a whiteout game uh, Saturday night. Uh, I, I saw a majority of this game. Uh, hey, Ryan, I'm sure you're very happy to see your school uh, win an, a big game against a rival in Michigan. But hey, Ryan, I think Jim Harbaugh's days in Michigan is numbered at this point because I don't think he's yet to beat a like a top rival uh, you know, in a in a meaningful game yet. I'm pretty. I know for a fact he hasn't beat Ohio State yet, and I I don't know if it was his record against Penn State. Maybe it's split. Maybe, but this isn't help. Either way, hardball is
1: coming to an end. I feel like in Michigan, I have to agree with you there. But
0: yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Your thoughts on your school winning another game against Michigan? I
1: I don't like to jinx, so I don't like to talk about them that much. Um, as I did point out last year when you know they were doing really well, then they ended up losing to as we point out like wisconsin um to basically a a nobody school and then it just went downhill from there actually i think last year they first lost their first loss was to ohio state and then it kept going downhill from there and then, then michigan or michigan state one of those guys beat them then some no-name team beat them and and they fell off and it was really really sad um they're looking really really good this year uh they looked they looked you know well pretty good in, against michigan obviously you know they started off uh Beating them 21 to seven, which you know, at the end of the first half that looks really good, uh, but they really couldn't do anything much in the second half, and I think that's where they're, they're they've been struggling. Uh, obviously, they've got you know some tough games coming up. Obviously, they will have to play Michigan State, they have to play Ohio State. I think that's the last game of season for them this year, or close to it. Um, so they still have some some tough matchups there, and I would love nothing more than to see them in the uh, playoffs. Obviously, um, being a Penn State fan. It was like I said, it was great to see them beat Michigan and I have to agree with Matt on this when like Harbaugh he, he's got his his time at Michigan has got to be ending uh coming to an end shortly unless they just want to keep him around for the name I can't see them keeping around much longer in all honesty just by how poor he does against you know big rivals in in this in this conference and it's not that good I mean they're 3 and 2 in the conference and I'm pretty sure the three ones they have are not against their rivals at all all right, so let's talk about some games of the week, and um, you know what, Matt? Let's start off with baseball, and it's the World Series time. Um, we have uh, your team that you predicted to win it all, the Houston Astros, and who I predicted at least make it there, and the team who beat the team that I thought was going to do something and didn't, and that's um, the Washington Nationals, who we both actually uh, didn't see making it this far. Currently, the game is 2-2 in the bottom of the fourth, just... Um, As we're recording this, the first game game of the World Series is going on right now. I mean, I think, and then we talked about this off air a little bit, Matt. I think that people are really, I mean, yes, obviously the Astros were the best team in major leagues, but the Nationals, all playoffs, have been just outperforming everybody. And I feel like, you know, people are really underestimating the Nationals and what they can do against Houston. And again, Houston has been a great team all season. But Washington is really playing at a whole new level level this year, this this playoff season, and you know I I think it's going to be actually a really really tough series here. And as much as I hate to say, the Nationals could possibly win this. I could definitely see them beating the Astros in a seven game series. I mean, obviously it's two two right now currently in game one, um, and anything can change. Obviously, I want the Astros to win because I don't want to see Washington do something. But think about it; they get rid of Harper we sign a ridiculous amount of years for a ridiculous amount of money and the Phillies are nowhere to be found. But yet Washington gets running one of their top players is now in the world series. I'm just saying something seems wrong there. I, and they've said they've been playing great all playoffs. And from what me, me and I were talking all there, I mean, Houston's predicted to win this series pretty handily, like without a problem. And I think that just shows a lot of disrespect. Um, to the nationals and everything that they've uh, been able to accomplish this whole entire postseason. And I said I think they're they're gonna continue on a on a tear this postseason and, and I would not count them out one bit. And I think that this is gonna be a actually really, really good series and Washington actually will probably end up winning this one.
0: Wow, Ryan. Wow. Picking uh, one of our NL East rivals to win it all now, I see. I'm really
1: hoping that Jinx them by the way. Ah,
0: reverse psychology. <laughs> I like it. Uh well I, honestly, I mean, I, I don't disagree with Ryan uh, in, in what he's trying to say, it, as in it should be an even series for the most part. I, I mean, I don't really agree that, like, what Vegas is trying to say that Astros are going to win pretty handily. I don't, I don't see that happening because the Astros, uh, the top three pitchers in uh, Garrett Cole, Verlander, and Zach Zank, Zank Greinke I think, compare pretty well to the, uh, the Nationals. Uh, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin. I mean, those are those are some powerhouse pitchers, Ryan. I mean, <laughs> that that those are some six those are six workhorse pitchers that I wish the Phillies had. We don't have not even one of them. <laughs> we have no <laughs> pitching really. But uh, I mean, so like I, I see the pitching battle as being relatively even. I mean, as Ryan just mentioned, it's two two in game one, so obviously it's relatively even. Um, hitting wise, I mean, I would give the edge to the Astros. Uh, because uh, in the team things, they probably have a better top to bottom lineup. Uh, I would agree there. Uh, obviously, you're led by uh, Jose Altuve. You know Alex Bregman, George Springer. I mean, they got a lot of pop. They got a lot of contact hitters. But let's not forget the Nationals have Juan Soto. You got Anthony Rendon. I mean, these guys are no joke. You know, and the fact they they swept uh, the NLCS, the Nationals did, and had a week off is crazy. Like you don't expect the Nationals to sweep. Um, in the, in the championship series like that, but you know, that's why I think people like Ryan's mentioning, I mean, people are just really underestimating the nationals. Uh, I, I mean, of course I'm still going to pick the Astros to win. Like I did in the beginning of the playoffs. I, I mean, I think just a, they're a better overall team, but I'm not going to say it's going to be like on a landslide by any means, because I, I think they're relatively, uh, fairly matched in my opinion. I think they both got great pitching staffs. I think they both have good hitters. I mean, I think it's really going to, it may come down to bullpen in the grand scheme of things and we'll see how that goes. But um, I think Vegas is saying that most likely the series is going to end in five, Astros in five. Uh, Ryan, I, I think that that's, I don't see that happening. I don't see the Astros winning 4-1. I think that, that, that kind of shows the, I think that's underestimating the Nationals big time. And like I said, Astros winning, I don't have an issue with that. But I, 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 I will be truly shocked if it doesn't go at least six or seven because I, I think the nationals definitely could pull off a couple wins um in the series i think they're a good enough team and they've showed us enough in the playoffs to see that they can pull it off when necessary i mean the the, the Dodgers series they really stepped up i think they i mean i don't think anyone thought they was gonna, they want to win that series but they did that and then the beating that who was it, the cardinals i think they beat that L. C. S. yep st louis yeah yep. so i mean i don't know right i i just I just don't like team or people underestimating teams uh, solely because they're young or you know not uh, you know challenged yet but I, I think the Nationals will show us something this series uh, like I said I, I I don't have an issue with the Astros winning I just don't like the fact that it, that the Nationals are getting uh, no credit at all for what they've done so far
1: so we switched from the World Series to talk about college football and number nine Auburn is at number two LSU. Matt, how do you feel about this game? Do you feel the Tigers have a have an opportunity here? They have one loss currently under their belt. I don't know, obviously, who it's two, but do you think they they can even compare to the LSU Tigers right now?
0: Which Tigers are you talking about, bro? They're both Tigers.
1: LSU. I said. Do you, I said. Do you think Auburn Tigers have a have a have a have a chance to beat the LSU Tigers? Do you think, Or do you think the LSU is, uh, the L, the LSU is just a way better team? Because Auburn did lose to Florida earlier this year.
0: They did. And, I mean, Florida is was uh, top 10 ranked, uh, I believe. And didn't LSU just beat Florida last week? Something like that, I want to say.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they beat them when they were the – yeah, two weeks ago they beat them.
0: So, pretty handily, yeah, too. Yeah, so I, I'm going to pick LSU here. It's at LSU. LSU, I think, is a better team. I think they have the better quarterback. Not saying that Auburn's batted by any means, but I, I just don't think Auburn is on the level of LSU. I think we already spoke about LSU, uh, I don't know if it was last week or a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I think Joe Burrow, uh, I think is the, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. And I think, he once again, he's going to he's gonna step it up and beat Auburn. I think it's obviously a big game, SEC matchup here. Uh, I mean, top two top 10 teams. But LSU at home, uh, and they're already the better team, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, I, I gotta pick LSU.
1: Yeah, I mean, my my only thinking is is hopefully that they're focusing on LSU on on Auburn because next week they have Alabama. You know they want to beat Alabama. That's the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. Um, to make it into the playoffs last year, when LSU, LSU ended up losing to them, so you know LSU has something to prove against Alabama. And hopefully, you know that team and and Burrow aren't looking past Auburn and what they could bring. This lineup, obviously, uh, Burrow is definitely the better quarterback. Um, he has been a better quarterback all season. He's just, he, I mean, obviously, he, they're killing teams, LSU. Whereas, Nick's for Auburn, you know, he's doing okay for, for, uh, you know, for Auburn being, you know, number nine seed right now. I can't count them out. Um, the spread is obviously minus 11 and a half. It, being that it's in LSU, I have to agree with you, I gotta go with LSU here. But like I said, if, if LSU is not game? even thinking about this game, it is no 330 game. Mm-hmm. So my okay, my only thing is is if LSU isn't focused on Auburn because they're more worried about Alabama next week or two weeks, whenever, they, their next game, um, that that could be a killer and Auburn could capitalize on that because Auburn obviously is focused on this game more than LSU is and they're trying to redeem themselves after losing to Florida, um, a couple uh, three three weeks ago I guess it was, so or two weeks whenever it was so you know obviously that that's that's a factor but in all honesty like you said I mean LSU is by far the better team in this matchup right now and you know like i said we'll, we'll see what goes on but i have to agree with you with uh lsu I, mean,
0: I don't see the issue of uh lsu overlooking auburn um i i know like ryan mentioned they have alabama next week but i mean if you lose to auburn you're screwed anyway so you can't overlook you can't overlook anyone uh in your schedule especially a team in the sec i mean these are all you know conference rivals so i i don't see that happening i think uh I think they'll be just fine. I think Ed Orgeron, the head coach of LSU, will get his team ready to play Auburn and win the game because um, playing Alabama next week, um, you have to be undefeated at that time. Otherwise, you're kind of screwing yourself because having that one loss against Alabama won't necessarily uh, you know, knock you out. But if you lose two back-to-back, Auburn and Alabama, I am going to guarantee you you'll get knocked out.
1: Oh, yeah. So then we'll transition from the NCAA over to the NFL, Matt. And the undefeated 49ers, that's right. I said undefeated 49ers. Not defeated, undefeated, um, are going up against Carolina. Now, this is at um, San Fran. So, obviously, they have the home field advantage. Although, unlike college, it's not as big of a factor. Um, but Garoppolo has been, has been throwing the ball. Okay, for the most part, the team, you know, has been uh, has been winning. Obviously, being that they're six and zero, do you think that the Panthers can can finally give San Francisco their first loss for the season? Uh,
0: probably not. Probably not. I think Carolina is a a decent team, but I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Kyle Kyle Murray what the hell's name Kyle's... Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. I don't know why I thought he was Kyle Murray all of a sudden, but I'll say he's not there. He's a different place. Uh, Kyle Allen. Quarterback of the Panthers to back up because Cam Newton's hurt. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough confidence in him personally because 49ers defense is really really good and um, Obviously the 49ers are gonna to try to Take out Christian McCaffrey because obviously we know he's a stud and he's their key of the Panthers offense So if they circle in on McCaffrey and kind of force uh, Kyle Allen to beat him, I think that's we're gonna run into issues because i don't think kyle allen is good enough and honestly the Panthers' receivers are they're 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 not bad but they're not great either i mean you got dj moore you got curtis samuel i think mean, that's all right but you no I, I think the 49ers defense is really really good and i don't i don't think they're going to give up too much that's why i think the 49ers are going to remain undefeated uh jimmy jimmy g i mean he's doing enough he's doing just enough to win these games ryan he ain't he ain't spectacular by any means i mean oh god (laughs) no his quarterback ring is horrific uh, last week against the Redskins, that crap was ugly what did they win nine nothing six nothing something like that
1: nine nothing i thought they're gonna lose but they pulled it off (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's, the closest, that's the closest game the, the Redskins have had all season.
0: It's the Redskins, all right? I mean, that's what I'm going to say. They're, they're a... That's what I'm
1: saying. That's the closest game they've had all season. I really thought that they were going to end up getting that win and no, the 49 are were going to blow it to them. No, no, no. I, I did not. That
0: rain really messed with them. I, yeah. I mean, the rain definitely messed with both teams because I think the 49 I think, would have definitely scored more points if it wasn't for the weather. Uh, I think the Redskins are just trash. It doesn't matter if it's raining, snowing, sleeting. It doesn't matter. They ain't gonna score. Uh, the 49ers' defense is, like I said, they're 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 on another level. Uh, so I I think the 49ers will win this game. Um, like I said, the only X factor here is McCaffrey. If McCaffrey is able to break out uh, against this defense, it might be their only saving grace. But uh, without that, I mean, I think the 49ers are just uh, you know. Uh, above the Panthers at this point.
1: So this game is a minus 5.5 um, in favor, obviously, of the 49ers. My thing is, and like I said, we were joking, but Garoppolo, yeah, I mean, he's, he's an okay quarterback, but the guy's thrown seven touchdowns and also thrown six interceptions. That's not good. Um, I can't speak on the Panthers' defense and how well they will be able to um, attack him. Obviously, you know, they have the running game with Breida, and if he can break free... And Tevin um, Coleman. True. I just, I got Breida on my fantasy, so that's why I care more about him than Coleman. <laughs> just saying. Um, obviously, you know, those guys are, are, are trying to, you know, run the ball down more and, and all that. So it really comes down to whether Garoppolo um, doesn't throw the interception because I think Kyle Allen um, obviously can turn a bad throw from Garoppolo into a possible touchdown, which can hurt them. But obviously, like you said, the 49ers defense is really really good and that's really what's getting them um these wins currently so it's a matter of of grappolo just playing above subpar and they really have this one in the bag and we'll get into it a little bit later on on what they've added to that that core right there to really help them um further their their wins in the season but like i said i i don't see them um losing to the Panthers. Uh, the fact is a uh, minus five and a half obviously they don't have much confidence in San Francisco in this one Vegas but, you mean Carolina, you know I I so said yeah Carolina but I mean I feel that you know San Francisco is gonna win this game I don't think it'll be with ease. I will tell you that I definitely think it'll be a a way closer game than than that because after that horrible game last week um with the rain I feel like the 49ers are just trying to to go out there and, and prove themselves a little bit, a little bit more. But I think the Panthers and, and Kyle Allen are trying, is trying to do something more too. And that's where, that's where we'll see uh, a possible uh, shift in that game. All right, Matt, we talked about it last episode. The NBA comes back this week and our Philadelphia 76ers come back. They are home tomorrow night, Wednesday, or tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday against the Boston Celtics. Oh. Annually revamped Boston Celtics. Still boo, though. Yes. Do you see the Sixers losing their home opener to the Boston Celtics, who seem to have our number, no matter who they have on their team?
0: (laughs) Could I see it? Sure. (laughs) Because, I mean, like you mentioned, somehow we just continue to lose to this damn team, no matter who the heck they have on their team. But, honestly, Ryan, I'm really hyped for the Sixers' season mean, um, He's probably the most hyped I've been since, I don't know, since Allen Iverson's prime, but if we lose tomorrow at home against Boston, I'll be truly deflated, right? I don't know what to say because I, I think I'll be speechless. If we lost,
1: you are speeches right now. That's yeah, the best part I'm about it. To... You're literally speechless, even thinking yeah, about it. I'm con- <laughs> even I'm... thinking about it. Yeah, speech... like it makes me want to cry <laughs> thinking about that. Like, man, I have hopes for winning the finals, and
0: that's what we lose to our first home opener to the Celtics. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to contemplate. Just losing that game, game one against your, you know, division rival at home when you have, you know, championship aspirations. Whew, that be that be tough to swallow. I will I will not deny that it Ooh. would
1: be. I mean, we did look horrific against Washington in a preseason game, but it was a final preseason game, so yeah, I'm not it much I'm, I'm not, not gonna take that too I'm much. I'm not gonna that. take much yeah. out of that, but but at the same time it doesn't really, you know, give you hopes either.
0: I mean at the end of the day, this is this is the way I'm gonna try to formulate it. The Celtics, they lost Kyrie Irving, and I know right like Ryan mentioned last week, that may be a plus more than a negative. Uh the one guy that somehow shut down Embiid in all these years was Al Horford. He's on our damn team now. So I feel like Hor- or Embiid should be able to freaking annihilate them. Uh, they don't have Aaron Baines either. So they have two guys who were able to somehow contain Embiid, not on the team anymore. So, all right, that's a positive. Uh, Facts. And we have Horford, which I feel like is a positive for us because we have another guy who could uh, uh, dominate the post, which I feel like is positive. Uh, Facts. So... Really, it comes down to really Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker. Ryan, if you remember, dropped a sixty piece on us uh, last year.
1: Yes, I do. That's my biggest fear
0: is him and Tatum, like you mentioned. I mean, but let's not forget Kemba dropped sixty, but he lost because Jimmy Butler hit that game winner. But we don't have Jimmy anymore, so there's that. Ah, uh- screw Jimmy. <laughs> but screw Jimmy.
1: Stay, stay there in your. Shitty ass team now, Miami.
0: Tatum, I mean, he's obviously,
1: Tatum's good, man. I, I I can't hate on Tatum. I, I, might, I want to, but I can't hate on him. I hate him. I hate him. He is really good. I hope
0: he. I, I hope he sucks. But all joking aside, he's obviously a good young player. But I think we have the 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 defensive players on our team that could definitely contain Tatum, um, Simmons, Richardson, Thibault uh these guys all have the ability in my opinion to be able to contain tatum kemba is the one that i don't know if we could honestly stop because he's one of those small quick guys which we just can't stop for some reason uh
1: yes but we have we have towers down low i now. mean no that's no, no that's
0: true if he drives it in his, his shot's gonna get swatted into a freaking a Netherworld, world all right it's
1: like me playing in two K against you and you decide to block everything I do when I drive to the lane. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all just, I'm saying is if
0: he if he gets the perimeter shots, he may be able to bang him. But yeah, like Ryan said, I mean if Kemba and Tatum are trying to drive it in on us, good luck to you. Because he ain't gonna get far. Because with Embiid and Horford, the Twin Towers down there, it's it's gonna be difficult. But our my my uh, issue is are they gonna take advantage of Tobias Harris? He's clearly our worst defender in that starting lineup. And I'm not sure who's going to be the person really... Maybe he's going to guard Hayward, maybe. I don't know. Uh, But if they want to pick him apart, I guess they could. Uh, But at the end of the day, I mean, we have a better team. So I don't know why I'm worrying too much. But it's damn Celtics. This is why I'm worried. Because it's the damn Celtics. Anybody else, I wouldn't even be worried. But it's the damn Celtics. And I'm truly scared, right? I'm scared.
1: I am too. I mean, if there's any other team to open up our season, it it is what it is. I think our team is... Is obviously a championship cap team. Talked about last week. We both feel that they're gonna that they're gonna make it to the finals. Uh, but the Celtics every year, no matter who they have, they always seem to have our number, and that's my biggest fear. And I'm kind of hoping we can we can kill that this year to start off the season. And you know, I mean, we'll see. Obviously, I mean, obviously, you know, me and Matt we're gonna be cheering for for the Sixers no matter what. Uh, it's, it's it's a scary game, even if our team is obviously on paper far more superior than the Celtics. Um, that doesn't matter because even when they beat us in the playoffs, we were a superior team and they, they, they handed us our ass. So yes, we're afraid that simple, great game. I think it like said, still be a great game. Um, but you know, the Sixers, the Sixers got to be able to, to break that curse of, of Boston. That's really what they got to do. This is the D-Gen Corner.
0: All right, moving on to D-Gen Corner, Ryan, and, uh. Still not so good for we're us. We're improving. Yeah, I mean, we're still improving. Both, uh, though. both Ryan and I both went two and one last week. Which, hey, Woo-hoo! positive. All positive, right, over five hundred for the week. Always good. Uh, so that makes Ryan's record eleven and thirteen for the year, and I'm ten and fourteen. Yeah, still not good, but still hey, big. But you know, one step at a time here, guys. Can we just start from this week and now we're both two and one? Unfortunately, that's not how this works. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what are your picks for this week?
1: I got Oregon minus 14 versus Washington State, Minnesota minus 16 versus Maryland, and the Bills minus two versus the Eagles. Screw you.
0: Screw you for picking the Bills. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, man. Don't hate. I would pick against the Cowboys just in revenge, but they're a bye week, so I can't do that.
1: That's right. That's right. And you're you you're talking about Eagles suck anyway. so.
0: I mean, I say that, but they ain't going to pick against them. All right, my picks. I got Texas minus one against TCU, Notre Dame plus one against Michigan, and the Colts minus six against the Broncos. So uh, just to reiterate, I have Texas, Notre Dame, and the Colts.
1: And I have Oregon, Minnesota, and the Bills. All right, on the hot topic. And uh, so for mine, it comes from the NFL, and it's all about trades. And the first one is, well, sorry, it's two teams. Two teams and trades. And two teams who are undefeated in the NFL made trades and made their wide receiving core that much better. The Patriots wind up with Mohamed Sanu like they need another wide receiver. And the 49ers, who we just talked about, who I said I'd get into it more, added Emmanuel Sanders to the team. Hey, Cowboys. Hey, Eagles. Will were you sleeping? These two guys were up for for trade, and no, 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 no. Two two teams who are are doing, in mine and Matt's opinion, uh, pretty poorly this season, in in retrospect, don't want to look to trade for these two guys, but somehow, two teams who are undefeated are able to get these two guys. Um, These two teams were already scary to play against, and they really added to their offensive weapon, obviously, the Pats are a better offensive weapon team than the forty nines that like we talked about. So this just makes Tom Brady that much more lethal. I mean, you could basically just run all wide receivers and don't even need a tight end on the field at this point. Um, put him in a tight end spot. Who cares? These guys, um, he's got options on top of options. Obviously, if I'm a fantasy football player, um, Owner, I am not looking at anybody on the Patriots because he literally can throw to anybody any week and my guy could go from zero points to 30 points and that could make or break a game. So, so there's that. But I mean, he's got guys on top of guys to throw to. I mean, his wide receiving core is oh, this as, as good, if not better than when they went undefeated and ended up losing um, in the Super Bowl. I mean, this, this team just looks disgusting. And then you have the 49ers who have had have, who have obviously solid wide receivers, um, and now it's whether Garoppolo can learn to throw to these guys and adding um, Emmanuel Sanders to that to that wide receiving core really I think will help Garoppolo more uh, be able to get rid of the ball. I mean that that's what it comes down to, and and if he can get rid of it quick enough to, to get these players and stop throwing the interceptions, I think that that could help him as well. And really, both these teams who again didn't need anybody added two really good wide receivers to make these two teams unstoppable while our two teams matt really did nothing and it's kind of sad yeah i mean
0: i i i agree with ryan's uh um argument that our teams could have used these receivers that got traded today but if i wanted to uh counter that i would say the patriots gave up a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu, which I think is a pretty hefty price for like for a player like him. I mean, he, he's he's not he's a solid receiver, no doubt about that. But
1: better than Agalor.
0: Don't even get me started. But I mean, second round pick is pretty hefty in my opinion. Um, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't have done it. Uh, I'm just saying, why do the rich keep getting richer, right? Uh, the the Patriots now have Sanu. You got Josh Gordon. You got Julian Edelman. Three guys, I would say, are pretty solid receivers. Uh, and obviously, you have the greatest quarterback of all time throwing it to him. So, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, Sanders, he I, he's has to be in his uh, early to mid-30s at this point, which, yeah, I mean, relatively older player. Uh, so I could see if the Eagles didn't want to get a guy like that. And again, I think they gave up a fourth round something like that for the the guy Uh, but hey if you're the 49ers I mean you need give Jimmy G help and you got a guy like Sanders who I mean yeah I said he's older but he's still a good player I mean he was putting up decent numbers on the Broncos that's where freaking trash trash Joe Flacco as quarterback so hey I mean both these teams made moves to get their receiving cores uh, better Uh, yeah I mean like I told you uh, off-air Ryan I don't think the Cowboys really need much help uh, offensively in, the, in those type of units because I think they already have a pretty solid unit there uh, with uh, Cooper and Gallup and Cobb. So I don't know if uh, Sanu or Sanders is uh, you know was needed there, but I mean I could see why you would want them just to have them. But I mean watching the Eagles game, I know I, I know that we could have used them. We could use anybody. Anybody who knows how to catch the football would have helped us because no one on our team can. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's always uh, surprising to me when I see other teams who are already really good get better at the trade deadline, whereas teams that are mediocre, like our both teams, just stand pat and watch. Always good, always good. All right, Ryan, my hot topic comes from the basketball world. a player that I think is the greatest of all time uh, mentioned that Steph Curry is not a Hall of Famer, and obviously I'm talking about Michael Jordan. Uh, I, I found this a bit shocking, Ryan, because I mean Michael Jordan uh, is, you know, like I said, the greatest of all time, and uh, he's a pretty respected person. And for him to say that Steph Curry, a guy who has already won uh, three championships, Two MVPs uh, will go down as the the best shooter of all time. It isn't a Hall of Famer yet? I it, it mean, it's a bit baffling. Um, we said all fair. maybe maybe I thought that maybe Michael uh, being a part owner or an owner of uh, the the Hornets, uh, you know, maybe didn't want to compliment a an opponent's team's player was my one, one, one logic. And you're like, nah, he's Michael Jordan. You know, he, he wouldn't, <laughs> if he wanted to say something, he would just say it. He doesn't really care about the fines and whatever that he would have got. Uh, but if that's the case, if, if I, if I assume that Michael's saying the truth, that's what he truly believes that Steph isn't a hall of famer yet. I, I don't know what to say, Ryan. I truly don't know what to say. I mean, because I think it's clear cut that if Steph, if God forbid, Steph can't play in the NBA any longer and his career is cut short, That I think he's a clear-cut Hall of Famer. Uh, I don't think I need to see anything further, in my opinion. I've seen enough. I mean, he's the best shooter I've ever seen. He's already won two MVPs, like I mentioned, three championships. Uh, he basically changed the game of basketball the way that it's played now. Now you see guys like Trey Young, who try to pull up uh, from 30 feet, uh, try to emulate Steph. I mean there's only one Steph and I, I think that MJ saying that is a bit disrespectful in my opinion uh, but hey maybe this inspires Steph and maybe he bangs another MVP this year he's like alright well the greatest of all time doesn't think I'm good enough you know what how about this 3rd MVP I'm about to show him uh, because obviously this year he doesn't have KD anymore and it looks like Clay might be out for the year he's like alright I'll carry the team by myself this year and maybe that'd be the great uh, explanation point in Steph's career to kind of shut up the the best of all time.
1: Yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan has been known to be disrespectful in his time. You hear stories about it still to this day. He can be really disrespectful. So, like I said, I don't think he was sugarcoating anything. I think that's how he really feels. And like Matt mentioned, I, I don't see why you would say that about him. Um, I think Steph has really proven himself. He proved himself without Kevin Durant. He proved himself with Kevin Durant. And he's gonna prove himself again without KD and Clay and really anybody else on his team um being there this year. I mean obviously they still have Draymond. They still have, you know, a decent team. Obviously not the team, you know, that won their first uh championship and obviously not their, their uh, last one. But you know, Steph has been a consistent uh shooter and player for that team through all out. If you look at his his career from the year when they first won until um recently he's been pretty consistent even the year that they had KD, um, I think it was the second year they had him, he still was you know one of the top scorers in the NBA obviously three pointers, he was still killing it, so I truly am baffled, unless MJ's losing his mind finally I'm truly baffled um, why he believes this, like I said, he is known to be disrespectful, arrogant um, an a-hole, anything you name it um, MJ has definitely been known for it. there's been people who have talked about it Um, They said if there was social media back in that day, um, MJ would look like um, basically a horrible, horrible person because that's just just who he is. So I just I I can't figure out why he believes all this. I mean, obviously, Steph is on point to surpass um, Reggie Miller this year. And if he is to beat his own three point record of four hundred and twenty one. 41, 341, forty-one, four. it's 341, right, Matt? No, or no, no, it's, it's
0: over 400 he had. It's
1: 420, so 420. I think it's 420, or 421. Whatever it is, if he's able to beat that record by one, I think it's 421 is what he needs, that, which is all he needs is 421 to beat his own record, that would beat um, a man by the name of Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttleworth, one of the best three-point shooters, um... I a pure three point shooters that me and Matt uh, saw growing up uh, next to Reggie Miller. Obviously, uh, Ray Allen was definitely the best. So I mean, you talk about two Hall of Famers that he is about to surpass and could possibly do both of them in one year by beating his own three point record that he set himself. I don't see it. I, I don't understand it. I, again, unless unless he's just he's just out there for clickbait. Um, he's trying to get a part of this new wave age of clickbait, saying stupid stuff just to say stupid stuff, kind of like um, some other things that were said in recent by, by some other um, current NBA players who shall remain nameless this week because I'm not putting them on the podcast this week uh, like we usually do. But I mean, like, I, I'm just I'm in awe of the fact that he says this. Um, only versus the fact that I can see him saying it about other guys, but I don't understand why he is saying it about Steph Curry. Who, in most people's opinion, especially mine and Matt's, I feel, you know, deserves a, a Hall of Fame shot. Especially if you look at some of the guys who are on there now and probably shouldn't be on there. Um, in, in the Hall of Fame, just just going to put it out there. He's definitely better than, than some of those guys. So, yeah, I, I don't know where, uh, what MJ's smoking or what he's on, but he's not on the right path of that one.
0: Well, a quick score update, right? Nationals 5, Astros 2, bottom of the 5th. So, Maybe they're going to shock the world, Ryan. Maybe they'll shock the world. I
1: told you. I told you. But I don't want to believe it. I said that I I think the Nationals are being really slept on, and and that's a a bad sign for anybody.
0: On that note, that's all we have for this week's podcast of the Benchwarmers. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter at Benchwomers06. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. See you guys next week. The Benchwarmers.